G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations, Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as the principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. Our series is entitled, The Son of God, Understanding the Gospel of John, Part 2. A verse-by-verse audio commentary, part of the larger Understanding the Bible series. We have gone through all 21 chapters, all 879 verses, of which part two has 442 verses. Part two is chapters 10 to 21, and part one was chapters one to nine. That's what we've done. And what do we learn in summary from the Gospel of John? Well, we've learned, of course, it was written by John, the beloved disciple, one of the sons of Zebedee, also known as Son of Thunder, And his mother is Salome. He's also the brother of James, James and John. There are other things we need to learn. What was the reason John's gospel was written? That can be summarized in one simple verse. John 20 and verse 31. John 20 and 31 reads, But these are written, that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. So this verse summarizes it all so well. John's gospel was written to persuade us that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of David, as well as the Son of God. Remember, it's more than a biography. This gospel is an apologetic that wants to lay down the case, and it does so brilliantly, that Jesus is exactly who he claimed to be. So he is the Christ, the Son of God. This is his true identity. And anything else that tries to make Jesus different or less than these two items of his identity must be rejected. Because The Lord himself predicted in the last days there will be many false Christs as well as many false portraits of Christ. And I can't imagine anything worse than spending your life following the wrong person or even the wrong Christ. We need the biblical Christ. That's the only one that can be validated, the only one that holds true, the only one who can save the soul. So the theme of John is the true identity of Jesus and that responding to him in faith will bring a full, abundant, and eternal life. 
Both strong faith and inexcusable unbelief are virtually next-door neighbors standing side by side as we go through and have gone through this gospel. Miracles done in Galilee, everyone rejoices. Miracles done in Jerusalem, the opinion is divided. But in any case, Jesus' life is like a sword. It separates those who believe from those who refuse. And then, how does John build his case? What does he actually tell us? What do we learn? Well, the first thing he does to prove that Jesus is the Son of God is he talks about the seven signs, or miracles. Now, remember, Jesus did many, many miracles, but these were selected not only because they were wonderful miracles that blessed people who were the beneficiaries thereof, but because these were messianic signs pointing to Jesus and showing that he really is this special person sent from God. What were the seven signs? Well, in chapter 2, it was turning the water into wine. In chapter 4, it was the healing of the nobleman's son. And both of these happened in Cana of Galilee, just north of Nazareth. Then in chapter 5, the healing of the lame man. In chapter 6, there's two signs, the feeding of the 5,000 and the walking on water. Then chapter 9 is the healing of the blind man, takes up the whole chapter. It happened in Jerusalem, and great controversy broke out because it happened in hard-hearted religious Jerusalem. The final sign is chapter 11, Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Let's look at some other aspects in this review and summary of the Gospel of John. For example, the key verses. One key verse is John 1, 11 to 13. Let me read it to you. John 1, 11 to 13. He, that's Jesus, came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Wonderful verse. Basically, the ones who should have received him did not, but for all who have received him, we're talking about millions and billions over two millennia, he has given them power to become sons of God, simply by believing on his name. But of course, faith works. We don't just passively believe. We believe, and then as new creations, born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, we are entitled, and in fact, not just entitled, that that word gets very much misused, we are authorized to live a new life. Then the most famous verse in the whole Bible is found in the Gospel of John. It's chapter 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Friends, this is not just a summary of John's Gospel, or even of the New Testament and of the Gospel itself. It's a summary of the whole Bible. God so loved, he gave. And remember, God doesn't give junk. 
he always gives his very best. He's given us this planet. He's given us his word. He's given us his son. He's even given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us his very, very best. And then I want to read to you from John 20, 28 to 31, which I dealt with not long ago. And it's about doubting Thomas, who finally says, after he sees the risen Christ, puts his finger on his nail-pierced hand and puts his hand on his spear-thrusted side and says here in John twenty twenty-eight, My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, and yet have believed. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written, that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. So these are the key verses of John. I'll repeat the references. John 1, 11 to 13. John 3, 16. John 20, 28 to 31. Back to the issue here. How does John prove that Jesus is the Messiah, the king that will sit on David's throne, ruling the nations forever? We gave the seven signs or miracles, but there's more. There are seven discourses, seven lessons where Jesus is teaching about key things. Seven signs, seven discourses, seven I am statements. What were the discourses? First of all, in chapter 3, Jesus teaches us about the new birth. Thank God that he did, because without the new birth, we cannot see, let alone enter into the kingdom of God. In chapter 4, the second discourse, he talks about the water of life, especially to the woman at the Jacob's well in Samaria. Then the third discourse is in John chapter 5. He is the divine son. The fourth discourse is the bread of life. And this is a long one. It's in John chapter 6. The fifth discourse is the life-giving spirit, and that's found in John chapter 7. And then in the sixth discourse, chapter 8, is Jesus, the light of the world. And he goes on to say not only that he is the light of the world, but whoever follows him will not be in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And the seventh discourse. It's found in John chapter 10. Jesus is the good shepherd. The good shepherd leads and feeds, guides, provides, and protects his followers. We get so much insight about the good shepherd in the 23rd Psalm, written by an experienced shepherd himself, David. David knew all about leading sheep. He eventually learned what it was like to lead people as king of Israel and yet he says, very humbly, very faithfully, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Or, as some translations put it, the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything that I need. Indeed, we do. How else does John 
prove that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God? He uses seven I am statements. We've learned about this before, and it's worth repeating. I am is the divine name. I am that I am. I'm not just was. I not just will be. The I am is an eternal thing. It is I am the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the alpha and the omega. But I am really summarizes it all. I am implies preexistence. I am also implies endless future. But I am also means a very powerful present. So the first I am statement, I am the bread of life. In John chapter 6, when you eat of this bread, namely Jesus, you live forever. Second I am statement, John chapter 8, I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows Jesus will not be in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Third I am statement, chapter 10, I am the door. Whoever comes through me will find pasture, will find protection, will find life. Fourth I am statement, the good shepherd, chapter 10. I've already elaborated on that. So then we go to the fifth I am statement, a powerful one from John 11. I am the resurrection and the life. So Jesus isn't just to be resurrected, he is the resurrection. When Jesus is in any person's life, death is no longer death. Death is merely the prelude to resurrection and revival. He goes on to say here in John 11, whoever believes in me shall never die. Or actually he puts it this way, whoever believes in me, though he were dead, yet he shall live because of me being the resurrection. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Now, I've talked about this at length, but again, in short, what does it mean? It means that we can never, as believers, die if death is, and indeed it is, defined as separation from the source of life. Well, who's the source of life? It's God. Death doesn't separate us from God. On the contrary, for believers, death propels us into the presence of God. To live as Christ, to die as gain, to be absent from the body, is to be present with the Lord. So it's very important we understand that. And when a loved one in Christ dies, this verse, John eleven twenty five, is a lifeline in the time of mourning. That's why... It says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 4, in the Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. And John eleven twenty five, I am the resurrection and the life, is one of the ways God comforts us in a time of mourning. Two more I am statements. The sixth one, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is being, well, he's being very broad here or and very firm. He is the way, the truth, and the life to what? To God, to the kingdom, to eternal life, to forgiveness of sins, all the good things of God. He says, I am the door, I am the way, and so on. And then the seventh and final I am statement, John 15, I am the true vine. 
My father is the husbandman. When you're in me, you will bear fruit. You may be pruned, but you will bear fruit. All of these are superlative statements. In fact, grandiose. But there's no arrogance here. Arrogance is an excessive sense of self-importance, an exaggerated sense of self-importance. There's no exaggeration here. It's the gospel truth. Jesus is all these things. He says that he is. And yet, he is considered meek and humble, and so much grace is on him that he actually gives it to the rest of us. John builds the case that Jesus is the Christ through the five witnesses found in John 5, verses 30 to 40. These include John the Baptist is a witness to the identity and work of Jesus. The miracles are the second witness. The miracles point to Jesus being who he is. The Heavenly Father, who even speaks out of heaven, is the third witness to Christ. The fulfillment of scriptures is the fourth witness to Christ. And the fifth witness is Moses himself. So Jesus equates himself with the Old Testament Yahweh, Jehovah, or I Am. Yet he is also very human because he becomes weary, thirsty, dependent. He can grieve. His soul is troubled even anguish unto death. But the other thing to remember, John builds the case of the identity of Jesus through the titles that are given. He is called the Word, God, the True Light, Only Begotten Son, Lamb of God, the King of Israel, Teacher from God, Bread of Life, Gift of God, Savior of the World, Seed of David, Light of the World, I Am, Door of the Sheep, Good Shepherd, Resurrection of the Life, Way truth and life, the true vine, Lord and God. Wonderful. Well, friends, this brings us to the conclusion of our series, The Son of God, Understanding the Gospel of John, Part 2. If you'd like to get this series for yourself to review, and it not only includes the audio in MP3 format, but also printable PDF notes, you can go to our website, which will be given at the conclusion of this program, and get it. But we have more wonderful Bible studies and thematic things in store. And the next one will be about Bible prophecy. It is not only good for you, but you can understand it, you can apply it, you can profit from it. We look forward to that. But in the meantime, let's remember a couple things. Go to our website at tan.org.au. And you can learn more about this ministry. At the same time, remember to visit our Facebook page at Teach All Nations slash Education. And we thank you for liking our page. Remember to sign up for the free monthly Issachar teaching e-letter at the bottom of our homepage, where we can help you become future ready with articles from the Bible, Victorious Christian Living, and current events in the light of God's Word. Let's pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this wonderful Gospel of John. We praise you for its life-giving message that hasn't lost one shred of potency over all the many centuries. Help all that have heard this message put it to practice so they can build their lives on the rock and live victoriously. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. 
Today's On The Rock was brought to you by Teach All Nations. If you would like more information about this ministry, to download podcasts, view our online store, attend special events, sign up for our teaching newsletter, make a donation to support this ministry, or to invite Dr. Camille to speak, log on to www.tan.org.au or write to us at Post Office Box 493, Mount Waverley 3149. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.